I feel like it's my obligation to start the show off, especially after the news reports today about the FDA approving the new COVID vaccine, to let you know that the brand new COVID vaccine has never endured any human testing. So, hope you don't die. Good luck with you. You're going to take half of the old vaccine and half of the new vaccine. You're going to mix them together. You're going to stick them in people's bodies. Have not tested on a single human. This is the first time that they've approved a vaccine without any human trials at all. (laughs) Like I said, good luck with that. More on that later. All right, we gotta we got to talk about Yulisa Biden, don't you know? Because uh, he said a lot of things yesterday. None of them were true. And we're going to go over some of those sound bites, and we'll play some of them for you today. I'm not going to waste your entire day on all of it because you already know it's he's a blithering idiot. He repeats the same old debunked lies over and over again, which is a leftist trait. That's just what they do. All right, here's the thing. <clears throat> I want to thank R&B Car Company, South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City, okay? best selection of used vehicles you're going to find. Most of them have low mileage. They do have some options for people who are on a, on a big-time budget, but we got a, a vehicle that still had the factory warranty on there. Very, very low miles. Very good vehicle. We, uh, we've been very, very happy with it. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Schedule your test drive today. They will even transfer the vehicles between dealerships so you can get the vehicle that you want. So Joe Biden said some things. <clears throat> He said lots of things. And then he threatened the American people with, uh, with uh, F-15s, which isn't even the premier fighter aircraft in the Air Force anymore, but I digress. It's still kind of, kind of the, as far as the air superiority fighters are concerned, it's still the workhorse in that category. The F-16 is still the workhorse fighter jet of our military. But beyond that, it was just, it was a weird thing for him to say, especially considering recent military history, but I digress. I want to focus on... Let's just focus on the AR-15 stuff that that he mentioned here. And for those of you who are watching the live stream today on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, I'm going to play you a video during the commercial breaks for the news breaks, okay? And I do this a lot, but I generally try to make them five minutes or less so that way we don't run long on the video and then have to come back and then have you miss a video. This is like an 11-minute or more video, And so what I've done is I've set the software up to play it, and then when I come back, it will pause the video, and then we go to the next commercial break, it'll pick up right where it left off. This is a video from the YouTube channel Grantham. First of all, they're hysterical. Second of all, they do scientific research in a funny way. Third of all, they love guns. And they decided to set out and prove some of the myths that are espoused by prominent anti-gun activists, anti-gun Democrats, and Joe Biden yesterday because they're just straight up lying to you. And as we have told you before, most people, when they get their hands on an AR-15 and they actually fire it and they see it, they realize that they have been lied to. I've told the story before of the, uh, the range master at Fort Sill, and we were there at Fort Sill, basic training. We're sitting there getting ready to go through our, our qualifications and all of that stuff. The range master has his daughter there. She was maybe 10, maybe, as old as my daughter now, okay? Maybe 10 years old. And I watched her run that course and run that range. And she did it with an AR, well, not an AR. She did it with, at the time, an M16A2, which is the military version of an AR. Um And she made us look stupid. And I qualified expert. She made me look stupid. And she was 10. 
And she was able to do that because that is a platform that is really good for anybody to use. There's a reason that it is the preferred platform for veterans to protect their homes and their family. There's a reason for that. So I want to get into some of this stuff because this is this is <laughs> this is good stuff. All right, cue my audio. This is this is former Vice President Joe Biden. All right, here's here's the first big lie that he said. Uh, he said yesterday. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? <sighs> I know. What is it, Wednesday? So it's it's hump day. Mike, 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 for many of you out there, you don't understand what you just heard because it's not possible that you just heard somebody who's supposed to be in the White House, leader of the free world, uh, actually say something so monumentally stupid. But he did. That is not doctored. That is what he said. That is specifically... And directly what Joe Biden said yesterday afternoon at his little press conference for the soul of America in Pennsylvania. Do you realize the bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun? (sighs) Now, bear in mind, bear in mind, AR-15s are not used in military service anywhere in the world nope they are different from the m16 m4 series that you have in the military it is not the same rifle there are similarities but it is not the same rifle so he's making the claim that the civilian version which is uniquely scaled down from what you actually are issued when you join the military is more powerful than the military version, which he's trying to tell you there isn't a military version, the AR is the military version, which of course is not true. But beyond that, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call uh, horse crap or dog face pony soldier stuff. So as if I, I shouldn't even need to do this, but somebody did it anyway, so I just figured I would go ahead and throw it out there. All right, the 223 Remington, which is the standard round for, for AR-15. Uh, it's about uh, 3,250 FPS, feet per second, okay? So you've got a 223 uh, WSSM, that's 4,560 FPS. You've got a 22 250 Remington, 4,550 FPS. A 204 Ruger, 4,450 uh, 220 Swift, 4,420 uh, 792 DS, 4,180 uh, 17 Remington, 4,120 You get the idea. It's nonsense. It's stupid. I don't really know what else to say. Anybody who looked at that or heard that and went, yeah, you're dumb. And I'm not being polite about it because if you heard that, what you should have done immediately is, wow, there's like long range sniper rifles and stuff. And it doesn't seem like that would make a lot of sense. I'm a Google that. But you didn't Google it, did you? Nope. You just sat there. You scooped up the poo that he just put on your plate and you smeared it all over your teeth and in your mouth and in your gums and you swallowed it because you're dumb. I don't 
I, I don't really know a nicer way of phrasing it. I know many meaner ways of phrasing it. I know several ways that would get me fired to phrase it. I don't know a nicer way to say it other than you're dumb. You can't use an AR-15 to snipe somebody two miles out. So how could it possibly have the muzzle velocity of a high-powered sniper rifle? Beyond that, there are pistols who shoot with higher FPS than an AR-15, which are not on any banned list. Makes no sense. The average person would look at that and go, that don't make no sense. That's Chewbacca. And they would Google it and they go, oh, he's full of crap. But Biden supporters would be like, yeah, it's the worst gun ever in the history of guns. Like, you're ridiculous. You're absolutely ridiculous. And here's the thing. And see, some people are posting this right now. I was going to make that point. People, are, Where's the fact checkers on this? Okay, there are some fact checkers out there that are, are doing some stuff on it. Fake News Flash will do a thing too. But here's the thing. This clip is allowed to live on Twitter, and it's clearly fake news. So where is Twitter putting the notification? If they leave it up, where's Twitter putting the notification that, hey, this has been fact-checked by our experts and it's not true? Come on, Twitter. Where are you at? Huh? Anything? Anything at all? No, of course not. Okay, we're not done yet. You ready? Here we go. Here's another one. Cue my audio. Another clip. Former Vice President Joe Biden. Do you realize... The bullet out of an AR-15 travels five times as rapidly as a bullet shot out of any other gun. Oh, I don't know why he said that. Um, That was supposed to be a different clip where he said that it would vaporize the human body. Yeah, AR-15 bullets don't vaporize the human body. I've, I've seen people on the street say that. Do you realize that the 223 cartridge was originally developed as a round to hunt small varmint? Do you know that? Do any of you know that? There's a reason you can't use ARs to hunt deer. Because the, the deer's going to laugh at you. Okay, maybe not laugh, but it'll get really mad and then walk away. You can't use AR-15s to hunt certain large game because it won't kill them. Or at least has a reduced capacity to kill them. I shouldn't say won't because, yeah, theoretically. Hit them in the right spot, they're dead. But this claim that it vaporizes the human body. I've seen this. Hundreds of times in anti-gun protests. Hundreds of times. And it's just, it's so weird that if, if AR-15s vaporize human bodies and then the military equivalent uses a slightly more powerful version of that round, it, it's strange how the enemies of America who we kill somehow still get photographed because they shouldn't exist. How did the Marines get in trouble for peeing on on dead Taliban if the dead Taliban were shot with weapons that could vaporize their body. How did that happen? And again, this is one of those things where you should take a step back and you go, that doesn't sound right. They don't even put that in Hollywood, guys. Even in Hollywood. And Hollywood's the one where if you get shot with certain guns, you'll go flying back 50 feet, which can't happen. But (laughs) even Hollywood doesn't have you do that. Now, I've seen human bodies get turned into slabs of meat with a 50 cal. I've never seen anybody get vaporized with anything. <laughs> this, is, this is this nonsense that they are constantly feeding you. And so the average person is like, I shouldn't say the average person. 
Your average Democrat voter is sitting there looking at that and going, you don't need something that'll vaporize a deer. You can't hunt with that. You won't be able to eat the deer. It's because it can't happen. Once again, in the politest way that I know how to do it, you're dumb. And if you buy into this stuff, you're just, I mean, you're extra special. I would say short bus stuff, but I don't want to offend anybody on short bus because they're way, way ahead of you in the evolutionary scale of things. Uh, it's just a, a ridiculous notion, a ridiculous notion that that could happen. And any logical, sane individual above the age of four should be able to go, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to Google that. And nobody, nobody has. Absolutely nobody has, which is why you keep seeing this over and over and over and over again. AR-15s are weapons of war. Not used on the battlefield anywhere in the world. Never has been. AR-15 um, is the, is, has the highest uh, uh, fire rate of any gun in the world. No, it doesn't. It's semi-automatic. It can only fire as fast as you can move your finger, just like every other semi-automatic gun. It's literally equal to every semi-automatic gun. Uh, fastest FPS of any any gun out there. Not true. Not even remotely close. Uh, will vaporize your body? No. Has an exit wound of a foot wide? No. You shoot somebody with a Barrett 50 cal, you will not have an exit wound of a foot. Will not happen. A few inches, maybe. Not a foot. It's just ridiculous stuff. But they keep feeding it to you. You know what's interesting to me? Now, I'm going to make this point after the break. I want you to remember how they play up the AR-15. And then we're going to go into his F-15 comments. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Talking about dumb Biden and his dumb supporters. Like I said, I don't know a polite way to say it when it comes to these particular issues. Okay, There are other issues where I can at least understand where potentially you might be coming from. Even if your math is really wrong, at least I can kind of see what your point is. There's no point to this. Joe Biden continues to repeat nonsense. He continues to repeat lies. And there are people who fall for it in spite of the fact that it would... It would take you five seconds out of your day to prove what he says wrong. So we went over some of the AR-15 quotes and everything else. I want to play now another clip for you. Cue it up, please. This is Joe Biden talking about you brave right-wing Americans. Have a listen to this. I have two shotguns at home. I can't. It's a long story, but I don't oppose the guns. But I support the Second Amendment, and I support the Second Amendment. But the Second Amendment... That's one of the most one of the most conservative justices in history. Justice Scalia once wrote, like, quote, like most rights, the rights granted by the Second Amendment are not unlimited. They're not unlimited. Yeah, read the rest of what Scalia right now, wrote. You can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. Yeah, you you can. can't go out and buy a cannon. Yeah, you can. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. Mm. No, I'm not joking. Okay. Think- all right. Cool. How many F-15s did the Iraqis have? Did they fight back? How many F-15s did the Afghans have? Did they fight back? Do we want to play this game? 
Do we? Viet Cong didn't have any F-15s either. I know that North Vietnam did, but the Viet Cong didn't. Do we really want to play this game? Because we can. How many F-15s does Ukraine have right now? They all got obliterated. Ukraine's not flying nothing. They're fighting back, aren't they? Now, I'm sorry, didn't he just play up the AR-15 as being like the most dangerous weapon in the history of weapons? And that it's a weapon of war and you don't need it? And then he, in the next breath, made the point that you would need a weapon of war to be able to fight off a country because you don't have F-15s? If the AR-15 did what you said it would do, it would actually be pretty darn effective. And the thing is, is it doesn't do what you say it's going to do, and it would still be effective. This is one of those things where you run into somebody who doesn't know anything, and they tell you that, what are you going to do with a tank? A tank is bulletproof. Really? Is the driver's head who's sticking out in the front of that tank bulletproof? Because it isn't. You think that in the vast, experienced population that we have in warfare right now, probably the most experienced population in warfare that we may have ever had, since the, certainly since the end of World War II, there's a lot of people who served in World War II. I, I don't know about the combat numbers versus what we've had rotationally since the war on terror began. they got to be comparable. But do you think maybe those folks know how to take out a tank without having anti-tank weapons? Do you think maybe they, they kind of understand the concept on how to do all that? But isn't it weird to anybody else that you're sitting there, you're making the point that an AR-15 will vaporize human bodies and then simultaneously say it's not enough to fight against a nation? His next little point there is like, and who are they going to be shooting at? Well, these people behind me right here, and he's point, pointing to the military personnel. I wonder how many of the military personnel behind him be like, yeah, no, I'm going to be shooting at you. I'm going to be on their side and not yours. That's how delusional they are. And don't get me wrong. There's going to be some that go with the tyrannical side. There always is. But we... We know that combat elements tend to be very constitutionally conservative. A lot of people in admin and other MOSs tend to be a bit of a mixed bag. But the combat MOS people, the people who tend to be in Tier 1 and Tier 2 units, they tend to lean politically right. They tend to favor constitutional limits as opposed to totalitarianism. And there's a very good chance that the people that he's pointing at there, depending on who they are, might actually... In, God forbid, a scenario like he's laying out, they would probably take up arms and be on the other side, not his. Look, why didn't they do to us what they did in Australia? Why do you think that was? Why do you think they didn't come to your house and take your children out of your home to quarantine them from COVID? Why do you think that is? Why do you think... They didn't come up to you in the middle of the street and start beating you because you didn't wear a mask like they did in India. Hmm? Why do you think that happened? Why do you think that you didn't see any of that stuff in the United States? Because they know darn well what that means. They know darn well what that means. They're trying to make it seem like this wouldn't be effective anyway, so just give us all the stuff. Well, if it's not effective, what do you care if we give it to you? Why is it such a big deal that we give it to you if it wouldn't be effective? More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time is 3.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. 
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. So people are posting the Babylon Bee story, which is, you know, a Babylon Bee satire, by the way. Uh, Babylon Bee out there. It's like uh, sales, uh, civilian sales of, of uh, F-15s are increasing since Biden recommended buying one. And here's the thing, though. You can buy tanks right now. You can buy fighter aircraft right now. They're, they've been demilitarized. But that doesn't mean that somebody who desperately wanted to have one couldn't remilitarize them. You certainly could. Um, and those are just in the Western world. And then if you go to the Eastern world, you can buy you can buy pretty high-end Russian aircraft. I almost said Soviet. Russian aircraft. They'll sell it to anybody. They don't care. They don't care who you are. And you can get them. Uh, just a couple of years ago, there was an F-16 Fighting Falcon, which is the workhorse of the United States Air Force right now. It is still the plane that we use the most. You get it for $8.5 million. I'm reminded of the old story. This is back in the 1990s. I don't know if you all remember this. Do you remember Pepsi giving away a Harrier fighter jet? Anybody remember that? Now, if you don't remember what the Harrier fighter jet is, um, the Harrier fighter jet was, in the United States, it was used in the Marine Corps. But it was a a predominantly British-designed aircraft. It was a V-stall, so it it vertical takeoff, that sort of thing. So um, it was perfect for the Marine Corps because the Marine Corps used much smaller aircraft ships than the Navy's aircraft carriers. So they had the ability to have fighter support with a relatively small ship. Um, and, you know, it was a very versatile aircraft. It was agile and, and that sort of thing. And it was just, it was cool. Honestly, it was, it was cool. It, it was used in a bunch of movies and things like that. And, and there was a point in time where it just really kind of captured everybody's imagination. And very few of them are actually in service anymore. But Pepsi did a, a whole promotion thing where you could drink Pepsi and send in like proof of purchase, I think it was, and you would be able to go ahead and get various prizes. And in the commercial, they had a what they called a joke. So like if you got a, a I think it was a leather jacket, like they had like a leather jacket for like 1,450 Pepsi points or whatever it was. This is like the old Joe Camel thing, right? So you'd smoke cigarettes, you'd cut off the little, you know, UPC stuff, you'd send it off and you'd get your free prizes for being a loyal customer. And Pepsi was doing basically the same thing. This is a big deal in the 90s. For those of you who are looking at this going, what, this sounds weird. That was the common way of having customer loyalty back then. You sent in proof that you consumed their their product on a regular basis, and they would give you free stuff for doing it, and you would earn those rewards. This is what the whole Joe Camel thing was about. So anyway, um, you could... Send in proof of purchase, you get these various things. Well, they had at the commercial a bit of a joke about a Harrier jet as being one of their giveaways. And the Harrier jet landed at some kid's school, and the kid got in the Harrier jet, and the kid flew away. Now he's a fighter pilot, right? Now he's Tom Cruise. And and they put an actual Pepsi points amount on the thing, which was 7 million Pepsi points. I'm looking at the commercial right now. 7 million Pepsi points, and you got yourself a Harrier fighter aircraft that was in service at the time with many countries, including the United States Marine Corps. Okay? So, (laughs) what ended up happening? Everybody kind of took it like, oh, man, that'd be dope. That'd be awesome. And then, you know, we kind of whisper each other, do you think they'd really do that? Well, somebody decided to find out. He found investors. He found investors. He went out there, and he was able to get 7 million Pepsi points, and he sent them off to Pepsi, and he said, give me my damn jet. And Pepsi said, "Uh, no. 
It was a joke. And he says, well, it didn't say that on the commercial. It said a Harrier jet was 7 million Pepsi points. He had a whole business plan. He was going to do like rides and so you can go fly in the aircraft like they do now. Wasn't something they did back then, folks. They do it now. Now you can pay money and do a joyride in a fighter aircraft, probably because of this guy. His name is Larry. Uh, no, that was that was his lawyer. Who's this kid? Uh, John Leonard. John Leonard. So this old this this article here. Where is this from? This is a actually this is from April of this year. Oh, go figure. Somebody had written like a, a mental floss. Hey, remember that time that this kid had this this Harrier jet? John Leonard's demand was simple. All he wanted was for pe- he wasn't a kid, I don't think, but. All he wanted was for Pepsi to deliver the Harrier jet that he believed that they had promised. In 1996, Leonard, then a 21-year-old college student, insisted he had amassed enough points to give uh, given away during one of the soft drink giants' promotional campaigns to take possession of the aircraft, which cost a staggering $33.8 million at the time and was part of the U.S. military's fighter air fleet. The fighter planes were not commercially available, but Pepsi, Leonard argued, had offered up offered one up as a giveaway. And before the saga ended, a judge would be forced to decide whether Pepsi was making a joke or legally binding offer for the jet. So he he went out, he found investors. He's like, I'm going to have all sorts of, of things that we can do with this. I'll rent it out to movies. Uh, it can do all sorts of promotional things. We're going to have people who can do you know ride-alongs and that sort of stuff. And he found the investors, and he was able to get the 7 million Pepsi points. And it became a whole big, giant legal battle. I love bringing this case up. I actually talk about it um, uh, quite a bit. Now, for those of you who don't know how many 7 million uh, Pepsi points are, I think it ended up being like over almost 17 million cans of Pepsi, something like that. So he basically pitched to his investors. He said, we can get the 7 million Pepsi points by buying $700,000 worth of Pepsi. And we can get a $33.8 million aircraft. That was the pitch. <laughs> so they did a whole thing with it. And it, the whole legal stuff planned out. I think there was a settlement or something like that that, that went along with it. But uh, let's see. In 1989, company arrived at an agreement with the former Soviet Union. Oh, that was, no, that was a submarine thing. That's different. All right, never mind. I don't have all the details of it. But... You know, you can buy a fighter aircraft. That was my point. You can buy a fighter aircraft. Uh, you can buy a tank. You can buy artillery. You can buy a cannon right now. If you go to Dixie Gunworks right now, you can buy a cannon. Uh, and Joe Biden keeps running around and telling you that you can't. And he keeps telling you that you were never allowed to own one, which is not true. You can buy a naval warship right now, too. You can. Does it have the armaments on it? No. You're going to have to... I'm not telling you to do this, but you would have to figure that out on your own. Um, How you figured it out and if it would be legal is something that I can't advise you on. But there are ways of you doing it. You can commission an actual naval warship. If you have the funds, you can commission a naval warship right now. It is your right to be able to purchase these things. You're not going to get the equipment that is classified or anything like that with the United States military. You're not going to have access to that hardware, but you don't always need that. And when they run around and they try and tell you this stuff, you know, that, oh, the Second Amendment is not absolute or anything like that, well, you got to read the rest of what Scalia was saying there, and that's important for people to do that. Um, He was making reference basically to nuclear weapons and things like that. If it is a defensive use weapon... It is generally seen in the United States as if it could be used for defense, you have a legal right to it. 
That has always been the framework. So if it is something that can be used defensively, you have a legal right to it. And that's really how the courts have always stood going back to the founding of this country. Now, some people don't like that. That's fine. Is it practical to have canon? Not for most people, which is why most people don't spend the money and the resources to get it. Can you? Sure. Is it practical to have a tank? No. It's going to cost you a lot of money. It's not an easy thing for you to store. It can't just ride around on the roads. You know, there's special considerations that have to happen. So most people don't bother with it. Do some people? Yeah. I think the largest uh, tank collection is in a private holder in the United States, if, if memory serves me correct. There was a guy in, in Las Vegas, Nevada, when I was there, who would drive an armored personnel carrier around town. It was an APC. It wasn't a Bradley. It was the, uh, I think it was the 113. So he would, he would drive that around town. That was his personal vehicle. And he didn't take it out every single day, but he would drive around town and people loved it. And they would take pictures of it. And when he first started doing it, it would kind of freak people out because nobody knew what was going on. Eventually he put graphics on it. So you understood it was him, but it was a, it was kind of a big deal. Anytime you saw the guy and I watched that dude go through a drive-thru one day at a fast food joint. It's an armored personnel carrier guys. Like you can own it. Just because it's not common doesn't mean that you can't get it, that you don't have a right to it, because you certainly do. And any type of gaslighting or lying to you about you not having the right to any of this stuff, that is purely designed to set up the mindset and the framework in your, in your own head that you are not entitled to this stuff that the founding fathers of the United States of America said were your birthright. Not because you are an American, not because the government says so, but because you were born, rights endowed to you by your creator, whomever you might believe that is, those are natural rights that you have. And the government doesn't have a say in those natural rights. That's what the Bill of Rights is about. Those aren't rights that the government gives to you. Those are rights the government has absolutely no say over. And that's where they conflate the issue. More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, I'll just get back to the thing that I led the show with here because it was a, a pretty quick one. A couple of people probably didn't realize that the FDA has authorized the new COVID boosters without trials in people. The updated COVID vaccine boosters, a reformulated version targeting the BA5 Omicron subvariant, could be available around Labor Day. That was just approved today. They'll be the first COVID shots distributed without results from human trials. So, again, good luck with that. And earlier this week, I told you about another story. New research, new studies published in scientific journals, not a blog. The COVID vaccines are more dangerous than the virus for men under the age of 40, according to the data. This confirms many other previous peer-reviewed studies before this. And this has been published. This is a part of it. It is in, in particular dangerous for boys 16 to 18 years old. But men under the age of 40, if you are in relative good health, we're not talking about people with comorbidities, but if you're in relative good health, the vaccine has a higher chance of giving you a serious life-altering side effect than COVID does. It is more of a risk for you as a young man 
to get the vaccine than to get COVID. As I said, you make the decision that you want to make. I don't know your health. I don't know your environment. But this is a decision that you have to make. My whole point in giving you the information and the data is so that you understand that there is risk while they're trying to tell you that there isn't risk. Casey, why do you keep beating on this thing? Do you realize the Democrats are trying to blame Donald Trump for a, a dangerous vaccine now? You realize that? How is it that they have turned now from being the proponents of vaccinate all the time? Because they went from, oh, he's going to try and kill you with the vaccine to vaccinate everybody all the time. And now Democrats issued a statement over the weekend, last weekend, basically telling you Donald Trump's responsible for the dangerous vaccine. So suddenly they're back to, oh, the vaccine is dangerous. And it is for some people, not the majority, but it is for some people. And it is it is far more dangerous for most of the people who are getting it now than the virus actually is. So like I said, it's a calculated risk when you do it. Some of you will say the risk is worth it. Some of you will say the risk is not worth it. And both of your decisions, frankly, should be respected. That's just not what's happening. I tried telling you about Fart in a Jar, and I tried telling you there's a money-making opportunity with Fart in a Jar. You didn't listen to me, but I'll prove you wrong. Coming up next on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Hey, I just... Real quick, as an extra aside, since uh, the new vaccine, the news reports aren't telling you. There's no human trials on it. None. The human trials and the other vaccines were flawed anyway, but there's no human trials on this. They're just giving it to you, hoping it works. I would like the news to point that out with regularity, um, but I don't. I don't know if the HHS is still distributing money in order to get news agencies to push it? I, I don't know. You know, but he said, do what, do what you think is best. I just want you to know there has been no human trials on it. None whatsoever. Now, Pfizer has a, what they call a prestigious fellowship. And if you want to go to Pfizer with this fellowship program, Uh, and you happen to be white or Asian, you're not supposed to apply. Pfizer's prestigious Breakthrough Fellowship Program is restricted to black, Latino, and Native American applicants. You can't be white. You can't be Asian. So once again, we're, we're dealing with something that if you're capable, you should be able to apply. And if you're not capable, you shouldn't get it. If you are capable, you should. Don't you think Pfizer should want the best possible people, considering what they do for a living? I mean, anybody would want the best possible people, but considering what Pfizer does for a living, wouldn't they want the best possible people? And now you're eliminating the two biggest groups of people that are in that field. Now, civil rights experts are obviously pointing out that this is highly illegal, and you can't do that, but we'll see what ultimately happens. But this is Pfizer. No, no, if you're white or, or Asian, you can't, you, you can't apply. Only black, Latino, and Native Americans. Uh, okay, good luck with that. You're going to get sued. Now, I've told you about fart in a jar quite a bit. Lighten the mood up a little bit here, a little, uh, just because it's been kind of heavy. Fart in a jar is something that I used to do with some friends and relatives of mine. 
and I, I refer to it regularly on the show. I've had a couple of people over the years that kind of ask me, what is that? Um, the premise is you get a, a jar, you fart in it, and you seal it up real quick, and the gas stays in the jar, and then you give it to somebody at a later date, right? So you can mail it to them. Uh, you can just let it sit there and emanate on your, your cupboard or whatever, and you give it away as a gift, and it's designed to be a prank. <laughs> and honestly, some of my best memories uh, doing fart in jars when I was a kid. So anyway... Fart in a jar is a real thing, and and I do talk about it all the time. Now, you may have heard me on this show several times mention that there's money in fart in a jar, and that if you if you need money and you want to do something on OnlyFans, fart in a jar could be an option. I've said this several times on the show, and, <laughs> and I've even joked about leaving radio and doing it myself. Um, I didn't realize, okay, this is, I don't know if they listened to my show or if they did this on their own. I don't know. I didn't realize there are people making money with fart in a jar and OnlyFans. I had no clue. This, <laughs> this is actually happening. No joke. An OnlyFans model known for selling farts in a jar claims that a wealthy NBA player paid a hundred grand to fly her and a friend out to Vegas for a night of farts and fun, unquote. Reminds me of a song I wrote when I was a kid called Farton's Funny. Stephanie Maddow posted a TikTok video on Instagram uh, to on Monday showing her and fellow 90-day fiancé reality star Stephanie Davidson holding several items, including uh, Miralax and everything else, with a caption, when an NBA player pays us 100 k to fly to Vegas for a night of farts and fun. So there's that. Um, on, on a side note, I think we figured out that there there might have been a scam being run on the gentleman on 90 Day Fiance with these two, considering their employment right now. Um, I I haven't watched that show in quite a long time. We watched a season or two of it, and it is really interesting just because of the process of everything that kind of goes into it, but... Um, Nonetheless, it's just like, you know, you could clearly tell that some of these people were being scammed and other people were genuinely serious about the relationship and they really they really did love this person. But it was unfortunate, you know, watching some men scam women, some women scam men, uh, you know, that sort of thing. It was it was, you know, it's sad because th- these are people who think that they have found love, they want to believe desperately, their relatives are like this person is using you and ultimately they end up being used. So this uh, lady is a reality star apparently on that series, and now she's doing OnlyFans and selling fart in a jars on OnlyFans to NBA players. Um, yeah. So I, now, again, full disclosure, I did not realize that somebody else was out there doing fart in a jars. She probably listens to the show, and she probably heard me mention it many times on the show over the years and has decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And uh, next thing you know, I don't know who the NBA player is, but he flew her to Vegas. So maybe, I don't know, maybe you heard me say this in Vegas. OnlyFans wasn't a thing back then, though. But I did talk about Fart in a Jar a lot. I've talked about my whole career. So if you are interested, you can make money with Fart in a Jar on OnlyFans. I'm assuming there's some additional things that probably go into this, considering she's flying all the way across the country because she's for the streets. But not marriage material at all. But nonetheless... You can make money 
with, uh, with fart in a jar. And I'm not exactly sure that I would be using a laxative to try and do fart in a jar because I think that that creates a whole other uh, problem. <clears throat> or maybe it's not a problem for said NBA player. Maybe that's uh, part of it. I don't know. I don't judge. I don't judge. Um, but in similar news, the first monkeypox patient has died in the United States. And I, I don't know if it has any connection to this, but the person was uh, what they called, they didn't give you details, but they said severely immunocompromised. And as a result of that immunocompromised state, monkeypox tragically took their life. He said, we're still searching for a way for people to not get monkeypox. We don't know how you can avoid getting monkeypox, but uh, science needs to desperately step up their efforts and find a way. I don't know that you're going to be able to step up and find a way to not get monkeypox if Pfizer is out there telling white people and Asians that they need not apply to the company um, because I think you're eliminating probably a large pool of talent. But I guess we'll ultimately see. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care that people are getting monkeypox. Maybe it's a conspiracy. I don't know. It's entirely possible. All right. Rumble.com slash Casey the host rumble.com slash Casey those we just played we played that video I told you I was gonna play from Grantham okay where they shot several guns nobody got vaporized didn't get vaporized with the ARs didn't get vaporized with the AKs didn't get vaporized with the 203 grenade launcher didn't get vaporized with the 50 cal didn't nobody got vaporized the 50 cal only left a three-inch exit wound, and that was after everything else had already been shot into the ballistics dummy. So if you missed it, I highly encourage you to join us on Rumble, because you do miss quite a bit during the commercial breaks. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, yesterday was Tinfoil Tuesday. Had some more shenanigans happen with the live stream. We explained that. Um, today's Tinfoil Wednesday. So I guess it doesn't have to rhyme anymore. So <laughs> Tinfoil Tuesday rhymes. Tinfoil Thursday was acceptable. But we've got Tinfoil Monday, Tinfoil Wednesday, Tinfoil Friday. So it just, yeah, rhyming is not really the thing. It's, it's just about if there's something out there that's uh, tinfoily. And... I remember when tinfoil was like a derogatory term, and now it's it's like, oh, some tinfoil? It's probably true then. Another U.S. food processing plant has caught fire. Huh. Now, if you go back and you take a look at the, the stories here on how often food plant fires have been written about in the United States, um... It is not even close. We are at, you know, more than double what happened back in 2014. But we are, I don't know, 10 times more than last than last year. In 2020 and 2019, there were no stories about it. And we just got dozens and dozens and dozens of examples of food plant fires here. And the thing is, is, you know, people are looking at this and they're going, okay, this is too coincidental. It can't be a coincidence. There's got to be a reason that we keep having these these food plant fires in the United States. Los Angeles-based KTLA reported that uh, QC poultry processing plant, and it's it's weird how frequently this happens with meat also, by the way. This is in uh, Montebello, California, located just east of Los Angeles and southwest of San Gabriel Valley, caught fire around 1600 local time on Sunday. Firefighters responded to the large industrial plant 
as heavy smoke billowed from the roof. Uh, KTLA said that there was there was no damage to other building structures nearby, uh, but the fire's cause is, as of yet, unknown. I, I mean, it's just, it's crazy when you look at the, the list of these things. It, it, 97 of them this year. Well, okay. 97 total going back to the beginning of January. But in 2021, there was only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. There was only 10. There's only 10 of these fires in 2021. The rest, 87 additional ones. Well, it looks like they didn't add the latest one. So it's 80, it's 98 now. Because the California one hasn't been added to this list. So we're at roughly 100 of these things in the United States alone. Now, there are some people, this is where the tinfoil part comes in, a little bit of the tinfoil part is like, okay, is this being done on purpose? And for the record, I'm not saying that the food industry is doing it, but what if, what if there is a cancer man, for those of you who remember the X-Files, what if there's a cancer man out there who's just running around doing this stuff, or a group of cancer men running around doing this stuff? Cancer man in, in the X-Files was the big conspiracy guy. He was the guy that's behind like every conspiracy in the X-Files show. And... Government stooge, you know, government operative, that sort of thing. Very secretive guy. And just kind of makes you wonder, why is it that we have about 100 of these things in one year when we don't have that in any other year in our history? And there's a lot of people who are saying, well, it's kind of also interesting that they seem to be targeting grains and they seem to be targeting meat. Now, some of you would probably say that's not all that big of a deal because grains and meat are what most of our diet is anyway. Yes, but also... What do they want you to do with meat consumption? They want you to reduce it, right? They don't want you to eat as much meat. What do they want you to do with your grains? They want you to replace it with bugs. They want you to replace your meat with bugs, and they want you to replace your grains with cricket flour and stuff. And I've told you before, if you run into any packaging in the store that says sustainable on it, look at the ingredients on the back and see if there's cricket flour or something like that in it because they're starting to sneak it into a food in the American market. And they're doing this, you know, all over the world as Davos is telling you to eat bugs. But keep that in mind. If you want to eat it, that's fine. By all means, go ahead and eat it. I'm going to play you an audio clip here in a second that might change your mind. But there's a lot of folks who are looking at these fires and going, okay, uh, is this an attempt? And I'm not saying that it is, but it sure is suspicious. Is this an attempt to limit global food supply? And some people even tied it into the whole Russia thing. You know, was the Russia thing like an organized thing because that affects the global food supply quite a bit because of Ukraine supply? I, I'm not saying that, but it, it's you got to you got to admit it's all mighty convenient, don't you think? That everything that seems to be happening is tied into this one issue, well, or two issues because it's energy and then food, right? So it all seems to be kind of weird. So you got about a hundred of these food plant fires in in a year or so, all right, just over a year. Well. If you if you don't count 2021, it's like 90 fires. So they had 10 last year. They got almost you know what 90 additional ones this year, and it's just never happened before. So some people, some people, I'm not saying it's true. Some people, I always have to give you that caveat. But some people are going out there and going, "Hey, um, do you think maybe they're trying to mess with the food supply enough to motivate you to eat bugs? It created a, a shortage of supply in order to replace it with bugs." Davos is out there telling everybody. Eat more bugs. 
bug farms have started to pop up in the United States. They popped up in Europe. Um, nobody's really eating them, so they're coming up with creative ways to hide them in flour and that sort of thing. I mean, most of you are not going to know the difference with cricket flour and what have you. But I ran into this report. Uh, Jeffrey Jackson, I don't know a ton about this guy, but I guess he's a, an independent investigative journalist. He was doing an interview here recently on, on, I guess it was his show or some other show, and he was bringing, he was bringing this issue up about eating crickets. And he pointed out that there's some issues with potentially bacterial spores with eating certain types of insects and particularly allergens. So cue my audio, please. I want you to just kind of listen to some of the stuff that he says. The video is more compelling because you can see the articles and the studies, but I'll convey it as much as I can to you on the show. So are there any issues, safety issues, adverse effects? Quite a bit, as it turns out, in the literature already. So this is one of the headlines here. This is from a study. Bread made of powdered crickets may be loaded with bacterial spores. This is a study out of University of Nebraska. This next one, it says edible insects as a source of food allergens. Another study, a parasitological evaluation of edible insects and their role in transmission of parasitic diseases to humans and animals. They say edible insects are an underestimated reservoir of human and animal parasites. You don't say. And even this one, obviously a big problem with antibiotic resistance, but we have this here, insects represent link for antibiotic resistant traits because they carry antibiotic resistant bacteria. Um, you know, not surprising for anybody, but when you see it in the scientific literature broke down like that, there's a big problem there. There's a lot of research that still needs to be done if they even want to jump and bridge this gap and they're already putting it in the food. So it's obviously we need to keep an eye out for what's happening here. Okay. Now, I'm sure that there's going to be some people who are going to point out to the way that the insects are prepared and processed. Maybe, I suppose, theoretically, but even with the parasites, and I don't know how many of you actually seen like insects with like big parasites. Oh my gosh, you need to see it. You want nightmare fuel? That's nightmare fuel stuff. If you've not seen an insect with a parasitic worm exiting the insect, you have not seen enough horrible things in your life. But the allergen thing I found to be the most interesting aspect of that, because I think it's possible that if you cook it, process it the right way, you grind it up, maybe the parasitic thing is not going to be a big deal. Maybe. I don't know. But if the, if the spores and biology of certain insects could potentially cause allergen issues with human beings for consumption... Well, now you've created another big pharma paycheck. As, you know, those two days ago, right? Two days ago. I'm in here sneezing the entire time. I'm stuffed up. I'm miserable. Those of you who watched the live stream, you saw that my eyes were all swollen and they were burning and I, I could barely get through the show. And it just so happens that I ran out of my allergy medicine the day before. And then we had that big rainstorm come through. When it rains, I get a, a big allergy fit. And yesterday my daughter had to go to the doctor so i hey can you ask the doctor to give me my my uh my allergy medication refill and they got the allergy medication so i took my pills did my nose spray came in was fine and everybody noticed like hey you look good today because like there's always some people out there like ah you really got allergies you got covid and there's always somebody out there right but it was the allergies and you know it, that's look that's money that's a permanent cash cow and I'm not saying that they're intentionally doing it. I'm just isn't it convenient? Isn't it convenient that we've got about 100 food plant fires 
targeting meat and grain, and the things that they want you to replace meat and grain with are insects, which are starting to sneak into your food by way of cricket flour and other cute little names that they hide in the ingredients list in the back. And next thing you know, there's scientific research. By the way, the studies that he showed, some of them were from as recent as a couple of years ago um, to 2014, which highlighted various, those are real science journals, okay? Uh, science Today, Plus One, um, University of Kansas was on there, uh, several other universities were on there. These were big studies, okay? So they were done, which seemed to highlight that, hey, there could be a real problem with potential parasites, but also allergens and again we're talking about um medic medicine uh was it was it did you say it was actually antibacterial resistant stuff i think he said antibacterial resistant i don't remember exactly what he said i apologize but but he was basically saying that if you eat these things according to the research if you eat these things you could create a problem for antibiotics because these things are resistant to antibiotics so now you're coming up with uh, dare I say superbug? So if you eat the insects, maybe you create a superbug. Kind of like when the medical establishment told you to stop taking multivitamins. Remember when the medical establishment told you to stop taking multivitamins like five years ago? Don't take multivitamins. They don't do you any good. Yes, they do. Research going back you know, decades shows you the multivitamins do a good deal. Um, you're getting all of the extra nutrients that you're not getting in your in your diet. Um, if you don't want a multivitamin, I'd want to go the natural approach, balanceofnature.com, promo code Laura, you get 35% off. Uh, and then you get your fruits and veggies, you don't have to take a multivitamin. But, nice little thing there. If you want a multivitamin, I got a guy too. <laughs> Nutrition HQ, go over there. They got great multivitamins. But this is, this is the thing. It's entirely up to you what you want to do with it. But they continue, they continue to tell you to do stuff which has a negative impact on your health. So they told you to stop taking multivitamins, and then what happened? People got deficient in vitamin C, vitamin D, and other nutrients, which did what? Helped you fight off COVID infections. Then they also told you to get rid of antibacterial hand soap, right? Because antibacterial hand soap was going to create a super bug, and that was going to wipe everybody out. So they got rid of antibacterial hand soap. What happened? Within two years, we had a super bug. After the bacteria, the antibacterial soap goes away, and what did they tell you to do? Nuke everything. Bleach everything antibacterial everything it's just disinfect everything that you come in contact with on a regular basis all day every day so everything that they tell you to do they end up telling you not to do just a couple of years later it's just it, you know again do what makes you feel good some people like i said physiologies people um, have different physiologies for me lower carb higher protein works really well um, you can tell when i'm not on a lower carb and higher protein diet because i'm as fat as i am now uh, when I go back on my diet, I get really thin, I get really lean. Most of you know that. Um, and it just takes a little while for me to get motivated to actually get back into the thing. Once I do it, I tend to stick with it for a fair amount of time. Other people do really well with, you know, carbohydrates and lower fat. It's everybody's physiology based on their genealogy is a little bit different. So just find what works for you. But if you're going to consume insects, Maybe dive into this a little bit more than going, well, if they put it in the food, I guess it's okay. Because they, they just told you to take a vaccine that they haven't even tested on any human beings yet. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, MNC News Time is 434. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So I made a video today, and I uploaded it to Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Now, this was a video of my appearance on News Nation, but what I did is I edited it 
And the reason that I edited it is I wanted to put context with everything that I was saying and that other people were saying in that show. Uh, so in that panel debate that we ended up having, so when I would say things like, hey, the FISA court admonished the FBI, I would put a link to the articles up there, uh, a screen grab, so you could see that. And as they were trying to make the claim that Trump supporters were violent, I would have video clips of the violent you know, left-wing riots and that sort of thing. So I just did some edits to it to provide context for the debate. I promised to do that a while ago. People were waiting for it. So if you're interested in that, or maybe you haven't seen the television segment when I was on News Nation, uh, go check it out at rumble.com slash Casey the host. While you're there, hit that subscribe button. You can also join the live stream and hang out with us. So I might as well, since we're on medical stuff, I might as well give you the latest update on the polio outbreaks that have been happening in New York City and London. Now, polio, again, is something that we had eradicated. Uh, it, it went away, started coming back small cases here and there. And then occasionally what happens, like every couple of years, we get like an outbreak of polio and they don't, they haven't really been able to figure out like what's causing it. Well, they think they have an idea. Polio outbreaks in New York and London are spreading in part through human feces and bad sanitation habits. How long ago was the uh, Plume of Poo episode? Mm, was that last week? Or? That was like Friday, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I think somebody called to get mad about, well, not mad, but you know, joke around that. No, nah, it'll still come out the sides of the toilet. Yeah, I think that may have been you know, late last week. I'm not saying that that guy is responsible for a polio outbreak in London and in, in New York, but he's more responsible than I am. <laughs> One New York man was found to have been infected with polio earlier this summer, the first American case in years, and he ended up temporarily paralyzed, according to ABC News. Authorities have discovered the virus is spreading throughout the wastewater systems in both London and in various parts of New York, indicating that more cases are going undetected. The New York man suffered from vaccine-derived polio virus. <clears throat> Hey, I'm, I'm going to say this again really slow. The man suffered from vaccine-derived polio virus. There are two types of polio vaccines in common use today. An injection, which uses a dead version of the virus, and an oral vaccine that uses a live but weakened version of the virus, according to the Polio Global Eradication Initiative. According to the CDC, when they posted uh, polio has been detected in New York State, while there is no cure for polio, it can be prevented with a safe and effective vaccine. And then they gave you five key things and link back to their website. Um, Vaccine-derived polio virus. Interesting. Both vaccines offer substantial protection from catching polio or suffering from serious symptoms. There are now only a few dozen wild polio viruses uh, virus cases in a typical year worldwide with the virus having been nearly eradicated from the United States and Europe, yada, 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 yada. So, like I said, uh, apparently there is something with the uh, the wastewater in New York, which means New York's not cleaning their wastewater very good. So in a post-COVID world where you are sanitizing everything and nuking everything with alcohol and disinfectant and, and that sort of thing, it's just kind of kind of interesting that uh, sanitation would be the main reason for this. 
And two massively left-wing cities, too. Ah, what is it with left-wing cities and not taking care of the water supply? What is it with that? I mean, they, they keep giving updates on Benton Harbor's water lines. Oh, we've upgraded all the water lines to, to copper. Cool. Why did you not tell people they were drinking lead-infected water for two years, Gretchen Whitmer? Hmm? That's the question. That's the question that has to be asked. By the way, Tudor Dixon, you're not asking that question enough. On the campaign trail, you need to be asking, why did Gretchen Whitmer hide the fact that people in Benton Harbor were consuming lead-contaminated water for two years? That needs to be said. This is an important topic. It That entire issue, the entire issue with lead-contaminated water in Flint is why Gretchen Whitmer got elected to begin with. So you might as well point out she used the issue to get herself into office, and then she turned around and she did what she accused Snyder of doing. And she didn't tell the people of Benton Harbor, primarily minority, by the way, that their lead water was contaminated. Their water was contaminated with lead, and she didn't tell them for two years after she knew about it. Why is that? That'd be a great question to ask. That's honestly, Tudor Dixon, that needs to be a big part of your campaign message, a huge part of your campaign message. So the polio virus is spreading, and by spreading, I mean, there's a few people. They always go, oh, it's an outbreak. Oh, my God, it's like two people gets polio. It's like not a big deal. Um, but it's because of sanitary reasons. Once again, very, very blue cities. Just I find it interesting that that seems to always happen in blue cities. Very strange. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Oh, by the way, I got my my commission numbers from MyPillow uh, yesterday. I just want to thank you all so much. Um, Bree is going to be allowed to eat for another month because of that. So she's, uh, she's in soccer now. So she's really grateful that she's able to consume some calories and actually keep going. Harper doesn't eat anything anyway, so she probably would have been fine starving for a month, but Bree def- desperately needs food. So thank you for that. Uh, you guys uh, made it a really good month for, for MyPillow. I really do appreciate it. Um, it's always nice when MyPillow contacts us and says, you know, uh, considering the market size and that this is a local host, it's kind of crazy that he outperforms some of our, our more well-known talent. And all I have to say is, told you. It's... I'm kind of a big deal. I'm kidding, of course, but not really. All right, what else do we have here? Um, oh, 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 yes, 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 yes. We got to do an update on the sheriff. I forgot. My apologies. Yesterday we did a an interview with Clifton French. Clifton French has a story about St. Joseph County Sheriff uh, Bill Redman, and Clifton French has some information. It goes back to when he was uh, working for, for a local television station here, and he was conducting this investigation on that story back then. That was in 2018, I believe. Uh, the accusation is this. The accusation is that St. Joseph County Sheriff Bill Redman was putting the DARE, Drug Abuse Resistance Education, money into a personal account, and that a lot of the funds have been unaccounted for until... Uh, Chief Boyts in and uh, is it is it Boyts? I always forget his name. I'm so sorry about that. I didn't know him that well. Um, yeah, Boyts. So before Chief Boyts um, basically said, "Yo, what are you doing here?" Created the account and told him to transfer the money into the account and you know the records and all that stuff. So Clifton French comes out with the story. He's got some documents to back it up. Um, and Sheriff Redmond's campaign 
they do everything on Facebook. So they post on Facebook that the story was a lie. It wasn't true. Um, and that Redmond never had control of the account. It wasn't his job to manage the funds and it wasn't his job uh, to keep records of it. So, I, you know, here's the thing, though. If that's true, we have to ask why in November of 2018 did the department's legal counsel send a response to journalist Clifton French saying, and and I'm going to read you the response here, okay? I'll read you, you know what, let me read you Bill Redman's response first, okay, to the allegations. August 30, 2022, statement from Bill Redman in the Redman campaign. It has been brought to our attention that an ultra-conservative political blogger has run a slanderous political hack story on Sheriff Redman based on rumors spread by campaign opponents of events from over 10 years ago and which totally lack any evidence and are based upon lies. No dare funds were ever held in a personal account of Bill Redmond. The information in the article stating this is a lie. The quote in the headline attributed to Sheriff Redmond is fabricated and is a lie. When dare was started in 1996, um, Sheriff Spraybrock and then Chief uh, Bob Boyce and Department Dare Lead Officer John Ratty opened an account at Key Bank for Dare Pro for the Dare program. All monthly statements went to whomever was chief at the time, either Chief Boyce or Chief Nowicki. Is it Nowicki? Nowicki? No, sorry, no, I think it's Nowicki. Uh, the Key Bank Dare account was not created nor managed by Bill Redmond, and it was not Redmond's responsibility to keep and maintain records. The chief received those records and kept those records. The KeyBank Dare account was used until 2012 when Chief Boyce transferred all funds to a county financial account. From 1996 to 2012, most of the department Dare officers, including Bill Redman, had access to the KeyBank account. Um, then they go on to you know say some other stuff and everything else. But that's the, the basic gist. No, it's not true. We didn't, have, we didn't have control of it. I didn't do any of that. Here's the problem. November 2nd of 2018, uh, from Erica Tamashevsky, this is the legal counsel again, over at the uh, department to journalist Clifton French. Um, I spoke with our financial folks, and the results of our search for responsive records is attached. The government DARE account was created in early 2012. No records exist about DARE finances before 2012 that are in our custody. Institutional memory is that Chief Boyce, who passed away in 2013, was reviewing SJCPD financials in early 2012. During that process, he noticed there was no county government account for DARE proceeds and expenses. When he discovered that, Boyce had a conversation with William Redman about DARE funds. As a result of that conversation, Boyce had an account created via the auditor's office for DARE funds and advised Sergeant Redman, now Sheriff Redmond, to turn over all DARE money that he had to be deposited and maintained in the county financial system. Sergeant Redmond did so. Okay. There appears to be a discrepancy of dollars, though, of about $100,000 that may or may not be missing here. And the point is, is that um, Sheriff Redmond is saying that he didn't have any control over these funds at all. The chief handled that. Whereas the legal team of the department says, no, Chief Boyce had a conversation with Redmond and made him give the money over into this new account. I don't know who's telling the truth here. I don't know if there's a a memory gap, a mistake, anything dishonest. 
I don't know. What I can tell you is that Sheriff Redmond is saying one thing, and the department's legal department is saying the exact opposite of what he's saying. I don't know who's right. Clifton French doesn't know who's right. He was on the show yesterday. He goes, I don't know if he did anything wrong. All I know is the legal department says that he has the records, and he says that he wasn't responsible for maintaining the records. The legal department says that he was managing the funds in a an account that wasn't a, a, you know an actual department account. Redmond says that isn't the case. And Boyce isn't here anymore because he passed away in 2013 to help clarify anything. So I don't know who's telling the truth. I put in a request, as I promised I would do yesterday, I put in a request to uh, to Sheriff Redmond. I've not heard back yet, but I did put in a request. I had to do it through their Facebook page because that's the only page that they use. I went through the campaign. I didn't go through the sheriff's office. And the reason I did that is the campaign is the one that chose to respond to the allegations in a campaign format because they're saying that this is all coming from his political opponent. Um, but again, this is something that kind of goes back to 2018 when Clifton French is working for a local television news station and he was continuing to do the story. So, you know, again, do I have questions? Um, do I have some serious concerns about it? Absolutely. But I don't know that anything nefarious has been done, but I can tell you that what Sheriff Redmond says is different than what the legal team for the department told Clifton French. Who's telling the truth and who's correct? I can't tell you. But the stories are not the same. And the stories don't line up. And what I can tell you is that Clifton French has at least provided documents. Whereas Bill Redmond says, I don't have any documents because none exist because I wasn't responsible for them. So I, all I can do is pass it on to you in the interest of public public notice. If Sheriff Redmond responds, he's welcome to come on the show. I'm welcome, I will read a statement if he doesn't want to come on the show. Whatever he wants to do, I'm happy to do it because he deserves to tell his side of the story as well. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Again, sorry butchering people's names. I apologize about that. I still struggle with uh, some of the uh, the local names on that. People have sent me some corrections, and I will do my best to remember those next time I, I read those names in a story. So... Uh, you know me and names, though. I think after 11 years of me screwing up everybody's name in this community, I think <laughs> I think you've probably gotten used to it at this point in time. I can't pronounce your streets. I can't pronounce the names. I just, I, I'm terrible with it. Now you go to the Southwest, I'm your boy. I can help you out there, but uh, can't, can't help you out here at all. Not to save my life. All right, uh, another Duke scandal. You ready? It's like Duke lacrosse all over again, but not quite as bad. Good morning, America. Duke player allegedly target of racial slur during BYU volleyball game. Those white Mormon racists. Yeah, you get what we're going with here? Brianna Kyler, who's about to get fired over at CNN. I have four daughters that play the game, three at the college level. We've always had that occasional idiot in the crowd, but never an atmosphere like this. That is Marvin Richardson, father of Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson, who was called racial slurs during a match at BYU. So that's what she posted. She didn't say that. She's quoting the the father of the Duke player, who's allegedly the target of those racist white Mormon slurs. Another blue check mark out there. Wrote something about the racial slurs hurled against Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson of BYU. The Times five decades ago 
when black athletes first confronted racism at the school and paid a heavy price. And of course, now the past is not always the past. He wrote that for MSNBC. USA Today Sports, a young black woman named Rachel Richardson is a victim, but she's also more than that. She's a hero surrounded by a lot of people who failed her. Look, um, and I, I, I just have to say this. First of all, if this did happen to her, it would be awful, but it didn't happen to her. And I'll get to that here in a moment. But if somebody calls you a bad name, you're not a hero. Point blank. You're not a hero simply because somebody did something bad to you. So if this had happened to her, she's not a hero. Sorry, that is reserved for people who do heroic things. Jamel Hill, who is a racist in her own right. Fantastic column by Mike Freeman, NFL. And honestly, Duke should have canceled the rest of this series in support of Rachel Richardson. Why they continue to play is beyond me. Okay, once again, let's just play the what-if game. If the racial slurs were real, why would you quit and run away from the racial slurs and let the racist bigots win? Why would you do that? Wouldn't you play harder and shove their bigotry right down their stupid little throats and then have a post-game press conference? Yeah, they're calling us racial slurs. You know what? We wanted to make them pay for it. So we did it in the, the most legal possible way that we could. And we beat their butts. That's what we did. Advocating running away from somebody saying mean things to you is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. What are you, what are you talking about? But alas... It never happened. It was all a lie. It's fake news. It's another fake hate crime. It never happened. You have all of these people, okay? You got Good Morning America, CNN, MSNBC, USA Today, uh, wherever Jamel Hill works for now. She used to be at ESPN. All of these blue check marks out there repeating this lie that this volleyball player was called a racial slur, and her dad running around telling everybody the same thing. It never happened. Greg Price, update on the Duke volleyball racial slur. The officer standing in front of the BYU students told Duke coaches during the game that he heard no racial slurs yelled at Rachel Richardson. The person BYU banned did not yell any slurs. Alex Griswold, by the way, Notre Dame alum. BYU banned a fan for allegedly yelling the N-word every time a black Duke volleyball player served. Now, police are saying that they reviewed the video, and there's no evidence that he did that. Uh Uh-oh. That's according to the St. Louis Tribune. Gerald Byer. Well, there you go, but the officer said the athletic department wanted to ban the man, so the school moved forward with the process. Okay. Let's take a look at what caused all of this police talked to the man who's identified in the report as a utah valley uh, university student and he denied shouting any slurs he said that the only thing that he yelled was the players shouldn't hit the ball into the net he acknowledged that he did approach the duke player after the match thinking that she was a friend of his who played for byu their uniforms are the same color according to the officer the officer later reviewed footage according to the report and wrote there was nothing seen on the game film That led me to believe that the man was the person who was making comments to the player who complained about being called the N-word. Oh. 
During the match's second set, the officer observed the UVU student was not present when Richardson was serving, which is when Richardson's family and Duke officials said the slurs were yelled. And later, when she was serving again, he was playing on his phone, the officer wrote. But the officer said the athletic department wanted to ban the man, so the school moved forward with that process. The officer told the man not to come to any future games indefinitely, according to the report. Oh. Now, BYU, they said officials for Duke University came to us, pointed this guy out as yelling racial slurs at our players, and we want him banned. So BYU obliged simply because Duke made the request. Then when they went back and they actually looked at the tape, they found out that this guy didn't do anything wrong. Huh. Looks like Duke has a history of falsely accusing people of things, don't they? Wow. Isn't that interesting? BYU Cougar Chronicle. Okay, this is the student newspaper at BYU. Exclusive racist comments at BYU volleyball game never happened, sources suggest. The article, ladies and gentlemen, is full of students who were there in attendance of the game. Nobody heard any racial slurs at all. To be clear, the only people that appear to have heard any racial slurs are the girl's father. There doesn't appear to be anybody else who's actually heard it. And when the police went back to review the tape to confirm that it actually happened, they couldn't find any examples of it happening at all. And if it did happen, which they couldn't find any evidence of, it wasn't the guy that Duke University pointed out and falsely accused of saying it. So once again, we have another fake hate crime. Even though saying that isn't a hate crime, but you know what I mean. Interesting stuff. Stephen Miller has tagged uh, Brianna Kyler over at CNN. Hi, an official report just cleared this student and states that this didn't happen. Will you and CNN be issuing an on-air correction? Thank you. Stephen Miller is going through and he's tagging everybody with a blue check mark who wrote an article about this. And he's asking all of them for a retraction. Now, for the record, these tweets still exist on Twitter, even though they're misinformation and fake news. Twitter hasn't censored any of those tweets. Twitter hasn't put any kind of context. Twitter hasn't attached a fact check on these. Nothing. They're just allowing the fake story to continue. It didn't happen. If it would have happened, it would have been disgusting. But it did not happen. More fake hate, more fake news designed to gin everybody up, and everybody ran with it. Every single person ran with it. Nobody, nobody even bothered to verify the story. What a shame. Not at all surprising, but what a shame. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I want to do a Project Veritas update because Project Veritas is another expose that hit out there. They exposed a radical assistant principal confirming what we've already known for some time now. 
American public schools are leftist indoctrination camps. America first patriots have always known this, but it's often challenging to get direct evidence from the horse's mouth. This is where Project Veritas comes in. They have delivered the proof, at least with one radical leftist assistant principal. Jeremy Boland didn't just describe what most of us already know about how educators and school administrators indoctrinate children. He even explained how he won't hire Catholics because they're more likely to be conservatives. By the way, fullautorosary.com. AR-15 rosaries are coming. So Boland says, you're teaching them, children, how to think. That's it. It doesn't matter what they think about. If they think about it in a logical, progressive way, that becomes their habit. The Veritas journalist then said, so you kind of like gear them to think in a more liberal way. And Boland says, "Uh uh-huh. Believe it or not, the open-minded, more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering a democratic message without really ever having to mention politics. Now, of course, they released all of this. I can't play you the entire audio, but I will link to it in the Daily Show prep. Now, according to the website, Jeremy Bolin is the assistant principal of Cause Cobb Elementary School. So, you know, he's he's said a lot of various things. Uh, He said, so it's subtle. They, teachers I hire, will never say, oh, this is a liberal or democratic way of doing this. They'll just make that the norm. And this is how we handle things. It's subtle. That's how you get away with it. So in other words, what he's pointing out is, yeah, we'll just make it seem like, yeah, this is the normal thing. And anybody who thinks or does things differently are abnormal, right? While they simultaneously are telling you to be tolerant of people who are abnormal, and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, they're out of the norm. People who are abnormal should be accepted by society while subtly telling you that people who are conservative are abnormal and shouldn't be accepted. He also said the conservative teacher who is stuck in her ways, oh, sexist much, I'll never be able to fire her and I'll never be able to change her. So I make an impact with the next teacher that I hire. He also goes on to say Protestants in this area of Connecticut are probably the most liberal. But if they're Catholic conservative, you don't hire them. If someone is raised hardcore Catholic, it's like they're brainwashed. Can you can never change their mindset for one position. I think we had 30 applicants. So out of all those applicants, I don't think I interviewed anybody over the age of 30. The older you get, the more set in your ways, the more conservative you get. Connecticut law section 46A through 60B1 specifically bars discriminatory employment practices like this, but he's on camera admitting that he does it. So Project Veritas, once again, got all of this stuff on camera. Here's the update. 18 minutes ago. The following is an update regarding the viral video that contains footage of an administrator at Cos Cobb School. Immediately, the staff member was placed on administrative leave. Once again, we do not support any opinions that promote discriminatory hiring practices based on race, religion, gender, or age in any way. And we want to remind our entire community that our curriculum policies and procedures are strictly enforced by our board. Dr. Tony Jones, superintendent of schools. So, once again, Project Veritas adds another body to their well their body of work figurative body of course this is what happens all over though this is why so many of you parents have waken up this is why parents swept the school board races in florida here a week ago those school boards are all changed now this is why people are running for school board here 
in all of these communities. This is why it's happening. Now, again, the sad part is, is that people like me have been telling you that this is going on for a long time. I've told you the story when I was in, in Las Vegas at KXNT, at the time, the biggest station in the area. I don't think it is now. Um, well, I know it isn't now since I left, but at the time when I was there, it was. We had a U.S. history teacher in high school contact us who listened to the show regularly. He goes, you guys need to come in to my class and you just sit in on a few periods of my class because I want you to read the brand new textbooks that I'm now required to pass out to my students. Now, this is somebody who is a veteran teacher who was leadership in the teacher's union, okay? And there in the Clark County School District, you are required to be a member of the teacher's union to have a job. If you're not a member of the teacher's union, you can't get hired at any of the Clark County School District schools, right? So we go to his class, my co-host and I, we go to his class, we're sitting there in his class, we're observing how he teaches. And then he hands us the book. This is the brand new textbook that is approved. And this textbook, keep in mind, there's only a couple of companies who make textbooks for American public schools. But this is the one that's going to be used all over the country. It's a U.S. government book. In that U.S. government book, now keep in mind, this is what, 13, 14 years ago? Maybe more? In that government book, it says the First Amendment doesn't guarantee you a right to your religion. In that textbook, it says the Second Amendment isn't about personal ownership of firearms. It's about a militia. There's a lot of stuff in that book that is designed to specifically erode away at the truths of our founding fathers and our documents and the Constitution and everything else, the rights that you have. It's all specifically designed to tell you the rights that you do have are rights that you don't have. And the rights that you don't have are rights that you actually do have. Like you have a, it's a human right, a basic human right to have the internet, right? We got the new uh, South Bend uh, internet program. Like I told you, be very scared of government internet. Government internet means they own the internet, which means they can track the internet. They can monitor the internet. They can read the internet. You know, there's a reason that they want people to use government internet. And of course, they have the whole, oh, we've got bandwidth equity and whatever nonsense that means. Okay? Be very wary of stuff like that. But there's these notions of, oh, it's a, it's a human right to have the internet. Or it's a human right to have health insurance. No, it's not. Or it's a human right to have, uh, uh, you know, free education. No, it isn't. It's not a human right. Does it benefit society to make education possible? Sure. So society makes that possible because it's in their best interest. It isn't a human right, which is why for most of our history, it was voluntary for you to go to school. It's not anymore, but it used to be. So this is the type of stuff that has been going on for a very, very long time. And I would talk about it on my show and, yeah, my P1s, my people listen all the time and people are very engaged. They understood it. But the average public is like, ah, it's crazy. There's no way that's in the book. Now, keep in mind, this is a, a U.S. government teacher who was not allowed to teach about the Articles of Confederation. And the reason that he taught the Articles of Confederation is to understand the Constitution and how the Constitution came about. You need to understand the Articles of Confederation why they were written the way that they were written, what was held over from them, and why they ultimately failed. But he wasn't allowed to teach it. He was told if he taught it again, 
if he taught the Articles of Confederation again in the classroom, he would be removed from the teachers union. He wasn't told by the school that he would be fired. He was told by the teachers union rep that he would be removed from the teachers union, which means he would not be allowed to be a teacher in the Clark County School District because you have to be a member of the union. Keep in mind, this is not just an underling in the union. He's leadership in the union, and he's still being told this simply because he wanted to actually teach, you know, U.S. history. And on top of that, the textbook that he's now required to pass out to students says the First Amendment doesn't say what it says, and the Second Amendment doesn't say what it says. Now, on top of that, shortly before I left Las Vegas, they actually repealed a law there. The legislature in in Nevada repealed a law, Democrat legislature repealed a law that forbid the positive teaching of communism in the classroom. So now the law that was in place forbidding you from teaching communism in a positive light in the classroom had been repealed, thereby allowing teachers to teach that communism is great in Clark County schools. And not just Clark County schools, but that's the biggest school district there, the entire state. Now, why would they want to repeal a law that was specifically there to prevent the positive propaganda of communism? Why would they repeal that law? It wasn't under the guise of anything good. It was to go along with that textbook, which tells you you don't have a First Amendment right to freedom of religion. You don't have a Second Amendment right to own a firearm. That's the whole point. And it happens all over the country. And I know that many of you are aware of it happening here, which is why so many of you are active now and running for school board and trying to change it. But this is a guy who goes out there and basically says, yeah, I religiously discriminate. I don't hire anybody over the age of 30 because young people tend to be liberal and I can control what they say. I can teach them how to say it. We indoctrinate kids without overtly indoctrinating those kids. That's what we do. Now, kudos to Greenwich Public Schools for, you know, putting the guy in administrative leave. I don't know that he's actually going to be fired. It all depends on the teachers union situation over there. I don't know if they're serious about reprimanding this guy or removing him from the classroom or if they're just doing this because it's a public relations disaster. I don't know. But at least they took the step. And when the updates come, I'm sure that Project Veritas will put those updates out there. And then, of course, we will be able to go ahead and give you those updates on the show as well. But this happens everywhere. And when you've got, you know, kids out there just... They're out of your house. They're away from you. The whole point of of dividing the families, ladies and gentlemen, going back to Rockefeller type stuff, the whole point of dividing the families is to get kids away from mom and dad. To indoctrinate them. To build a tax base by putting additional people in the workforce. And to make sure that you can control the minds and the ideas of the future. It's a whole stratagem. And ex-KGB officers have talked about it openly. This is what we plan to do during the Cold War. That operation's never stopped. It's just it's not run by the Soviet Union anymore. But the activists who were brainwashed by the Soviet Union, they're still there. Let's not forget, a week and a half ago, the Department of Justice announced that there was a massive foreign influence campaign with civil rights groups in the United States that were funded by the Russian government to push socialism in the U.S. through civil rights groups. Who says they're trained Marxists again? 
Black Lives Matter. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. MNC News Time, 534. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I've got people asking me about the... The situation with uh, the the DOJ's release today, and they, oh, we had evidence that he was moving documents. Yeah, cool, provide it. If you think you have evidence of Trump moving and hiding documents from all of you, then provide that evidence. Because until you do, I don't believe a thing that they say. I'm sorry, they've been caught lying so many times. Trump pointed out today, he's like, oh, it's kind of weird how nuclear is not in anything. When they were leaking to the press that this might be nuclear secrets and stuff like that, it's like, that's kind of weird. And why is the why is the FBI throwing a bunch of classified documents on the floor and spreading them out and taking pictures of them and releasing that to the press? What, why is that? And where's the news media out there going, well, why did they, uh, why did they take photos of classified documents and put them to, in the press so they didn't want anybody to see these classified documents? I, it's, it's, it's bizarre stuff. It doesn't make any sense. No, I don't believe them at all. I truly, honestly don't. There's no reason for them to be moving documents around because the documents, frankly, were declassified. There's no reason for them to do it. They didn't hide anything when they showed up uh, previously. They didn't hide anything from the archives. They didn't do any of that stuff. There's no reason for them to be hiding anything. And as we've already highlighted, the federal courts have already ruled that there isn't a case here anyway. So it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter what you do. He wouldn't need to move anything around and hide it because he's already got a federal ruling in 2012 that says that he doesn't have to. Then you have this, because it's all about the, the National Archives, right? Gary Stern, lawyer for the National Archives and Records Administration since 1988, has been revealed as a left-wing activist with a lengthy history of targeting right-leaning and centrist presidents, according to Just the News. Stern was central in the FBI's attempt to justify the August 8th raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Stern has a long history of attacking Republicans, beginning with the Reagan administration in 1989, when he was the plaintiff in Armstrong et al. versus Executive Office of President during his days at the far-left American Civil Liberties Union. In the decision, the United States District Court of the District of Columbia sided with Stern, demanding that the outgoing Reagan administration keep and maintain electronic records. Now, isn't it interesting? They always say that the, the Republican president's got to keep and maintain those records, but the Democrats never have to. Kind of weird how that works, right? And this guy's been around since 1988. The leftist bureaucrat also delivered a speech at a conference in 2021 titled Preserving Presidential Papers and Archives, wherein he said that former presidents can be forced to return documents with aid from the militarized intelligence agencies. Except the DOJ's already argued that they can't. (laughs) So this guy's got a long history of this. At the end of the day, this is about Russiagate. That's what it's about. I think everybody knows that. There's a few people out there that oh, it's not about Russia. Yes, it is. It's 100% about Russiagate. What else would it be about? Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Uh, let's take a look here. Chuck Todd's Meet the Press is on the chopping block as NBC executives fret about the show's miserable ratings. Uh, That's the rumor now. 
John Berman, Allison Camaroto, Jim Acosta, Brianna Kyler, Jake Tapper, John King, Don Lamone, they're all on the potential chop, chopping block over there at It's Not News at CNN. Apparently, uh, Brianna Kyler and John Berman are at the top of that list. The Washington Post has uh, now announced major layoffs are on the way. And Snap, you know Snapchat? They're cutting 20% of staff amid the worst sales growth in its history. Hey, we are totally not in a recession, though. 100% totally not in a recession. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Follow me on truthsocial.com slash Casey the host. And of course, my website is btmedia.news. And the AR-15 Rosaries, the most awesome epic troll that you could possibly do. AR-15 Rosaries are on their way. Fullautorosary.com. See you tomorrow.